Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your chief security fanatic here, and today we actually have to talk about the midterm elections, specifically about misinformation, disinformation. Now I'm sitting here today on Halloween, October 31st, and so we have a week and a day, and basically until what I think is going to be the most contentious or worse uh, election we've ever seen in the United States, midterm or I think national election as well, and believe me, 2020, as you all remember, was no picnic either. So in that vein, I want to talk about misinformation and disinformation, and for the record, as I've stated multiple, multiple times, cybersecurity is agnostic to politics, even though we're not immune from it. We really aren't. And this is not from the perspective of one political side or the other, but rather how disinformation is becoming pervasive and driving a wedge into society as it's literally creating two separate realities for us. So my goal here is to kind of give everybody evidence of just how much disinformation is out there in the hopes that anything you read posted online, you can approach it with a health, healthy skepticism as opposed to the confirmation bias uh, that, that, that pretty much almost all of us have have initially, uh, you know, when we are reading something, and we should be able to work to confirm it's true. Skepticism is healthy, providing it's skepticism of everything, meaning if you're on the right or you're on the left, and again, I don't care what side you're on, when you start reading sources from your side, you're on the right, you read sources on the right, you read your left, you read sources on the left, anything that's outside of that ecosystem obviously becomes basically suspect. It's a bit of a bubble that we essentially have here as we are, uh, you know, dealing with this. And so by virtue of that, we have to have a skepticism of everything. So let's break this down basically by the one core platform, which right now is considered the worst offender on this. And no, I'm not talking about Facebook this time. I'm talking about TikTok. Now, Futurism, the publication, had a really good write-up on this, and I'm cribbing some of these notes from them, but I think this is important to understand because according to a new report from Global Witness and NYU's Cybersecurity for Democracy team, TikTok has been absolutely horrific at filtering out harmful misinformation regarding elections and politics. Now, uh, this report actually tested TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. They all performed poorly. No, no surprise there whatsoever, but TikTok by far by far proved to be the worst. Now, uploading essentially is what they did. After uploading tons of ill-formed, potentially dangerous advertisements for approval, the researchers found that 90% of those fake ads, legitimately fake ads that they created, were approved by TikTok. Now, this report is still preliminary, but that is an alarming figure, especially considering how quickly TikTok is growing and how they are outpacing growth in other platforms, not to mention that we are now delivering a whole bunch of misinformation to the younger generations as well. Now, according to Olivia Little, she's a co-author of this report talking to The Guardian, and I quote, This year is going to be much worse as we near the midterms. There has been an exponential increase in users, which only means there will be more misinformation on TikTok. They need to proactively work to stop this, or we risk facing another crisis. I think we are, to be perfectly honest, going to be facing that crisis. Now, per the report, the fake advertisements ranged from basically various levels of severity. So, for example, some of the ones they got published were misleading details like incorrect election dates, uh, misleading and false voting requirement standards. Others use language that basically outright discouraged citizens from voting in the murder terms at all. Don't vote. Go play three games of pool. By the time you can play, vote. You know, like the, these are the things that we are talking about here. Now, while 
while a failure to filter out that much false and therefore inherently dangerous to democracy material is bad for any platform, it seems especially so for one that basically has prided itself historically on policies regarding election content and political advertisements. TikTok has been very vocal in making clear about its policies that do not allow for paid political ads. Any verified political accounts are automatically disqualified from using pay-to-play tools that are available to the standard TikTok influencer. And just this past August, for example, obviously just months away from the midterm, TikTok announced a new and improved policy change designed to tackle the misinformation threat. It's also worth noting that this is the second time TikTok has very explicitly come under fire for, as futurists put them, threatening American democracy, I guess, in the most recent days, because this is essentially what it is. Misinformation, disinformation essentially threatens the underpinning of democracy, of integrity in everything from the vote to to belief in the system and on and on and on. So yes, that is threatening to a democracy. Now, this same day that the report was released, interestingly enough, and I did a video slash podcast on this, it was revealed that TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, out of Beijing, has or basically was planning on using the app's location data to basically get the physical locations of quote-unquote specific U.S. citizens. As Forbes stated, they got basically leaks of this kind of information. They don't know if this actually came to fruition or not. But this is basically a massive privacy, privacy violating surveillance tool, all of that. But they also have essentially advertising that you can get if you're a non-politician on politics, meaning if I'm Nick running for Congress, I can't advertise, but you might be a friend of mine with no relation technically and start publishing ads that says, well, well, Nick is all for this and he saves puppies on the weekend and my opponent kills puppies on the weekend and that would be perfectly fine because my friend is not a political advertiser, even though here we are. Now, as The Guardian also points out, the app's remarkably tailored algorithm is inextricably linked to misinformation failures. Like any of the platform's popular dance trends, misinformation can go incredibly viral incredibly quickly. And that basically we saw in August in the elections in Kenya, where we saw rampant misinformation and disinformation spread like wildfire. I actually did a video on that back then. Now, also according to Helen Lee Bogui, and I believe believe I'm pronouncing that right, Helen, I apologize if I'm not. She basically heads the media literacy platform called Reboot Foundation, and I quote, if the TikToks of the world really want to fake fake fight fake news, they could do it. But as long as their financial model is keeping eyes on the page, they have no incentive to do so. That's where policymaking needs to come into play. And she is 100% correct, because we have seen this time again on the original worst offender, Facebook, who is still number two as the worst offenders on this for misinformation. Facebook cannot get a handle on this stuff. But what we've seen are their algorithms actually taking out very angry content and spreading it as fast as they can because those are the pages, those are the posts, those are, those are the ads that make them the most money. The most contentious things out there are those that get the clicks and the likes. TikTok is no different. And as TikTok prioritizes things to go viral, as soon as I start making angry screeds about you know the destruction of this or kill this person or that, it's a huge problem because they're gonna take that, make that viral, and anybody that, let's say, is in my bubble on the left or the right is gonna take this and move on. And we've seen political violence increase. We literally just a few days ago had uh, you know the uh, Speaker of the House's husband attacked in their home in San Francisco with a hammer fracturing a skull and 
immediately there were rampant disinformation campaigns out there basically saying that was demonstrably false. A short while back, we saw somebody on the left break into Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's house with the intent to kill him, apparently, but that guy chickened out or gave up or whatever it is, and then we started seeing spin on, well, this might have been fake, or no harm, no foul. So, so understand, this is a problem no matter what. I don't care if you're left or right here. We have a problem with misinformation and disinformation, and what that means is we need to create a healthy skepticism that says, if I'm on the right or I'm on the left and I see information, whether it's in my bubble or outside of it, I need to be skeptical until I can confirm. Is this really logical? Is everything actually a conspiracy against my position? And if it is, that is a bit of a problem. It really, really is. Now, I'm not talking about political extremism here because I don't consider that part of politics. That is extremism. And extremism tends to get violent. We've seen that time and again, year over year, in the history of humanity when it comes to political extremism. And so I am talking about those people that can actually step back, take a look and say, you know what, I'm on the right. Maybe I should double check this on the left. Or I'm on the left. Maybe I should double check this on the right. And on and on and on to make sure that we are not living in those bubbles. And that is your news of the day. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. But please avoid... Avoid the misinformation and disinformation. Same with YouTube, where you can subscribe to me. No misinformation here. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private and informed. Take care.